How many times have you said, oh, I got a great idea. I got the perfect invention. But then you don't know what to do next. Well, today on the Seven Figures Podcast, we're going to help you. We're going to take you through the steps that you need to take to put that idea in motion. Thank you so much for being here. If you're new to the Seven Figures Podcast, welcome. All the information that you need to dominate your finances. I'm your host, Sandy Waters. And a big thanks to our good friends at Family First Credit Union for sponsoring the podcast from personal banking to business services and home loans. Their number one priority is finding a solution that works for you locally. Joining the podcast today, we cash in with our expert, Mike Pizak. His uh, resume is pretty lengthy. President at Genesee Northern Research, bachelor's degree in chemistry, master's degree in business management, and most importantly, licensed U.S. patent agent who has been granted 13 U.S. patents. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Well, great to be here, Sandy. Thank you. There are a million ideas that we all have every day. What do we need to do to start the process? How do we get a patent? Well, uh, this is a question that, you know, that that I'm asked very often by inventors or people who have come up with a, a concept or or something and considering going down the uh, the route of obtaining a U.S. patent. There are a few things that, about a, a U.S. patent that are probably not widely known mm. uh, that uh, you know that that people should should probably consider uh, first off. Um, yeah, that's what we want to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, a patent basically is a uh, a deal you make with the U.S. government. Okay. Uh, what you get is a twenty-year exclusive uh, license. Uh, two-year technology. You know, they, they you know, sometimes uh, call it a limited monopoly okay. on your invention with, uh, with the trade-off being that you have to reveal your invention to the general public. It has to be published. Okay. Okay, so this came back from the, uh, the early days of the founding of our country when some of the early statesmen, uh, signers of the Declaration of Independence, and in particular Thomas Jefferson, uh, realized that for the United States, newly formed country to grow, we needed to recruit talented people into the U.S., and we needed to have them share their ideas so that growth was possible. Mm. What Thomas Jefferson, who was the first uh, director of the U.S. Patent Office, he invented the system. He took the idea of patent, which was from English law and even before that, uh, other, other European countries and uh, adapted it to the United States, where a person coming to the United States could have an exclusive right to, say, manufacture glass in his way, and we would protect his rights to that particular technology for a period of time, provided he shared that. And the reason you share that is because innovative concepts often spur on others just like the invention of radar eventually became microwave ovens or, uh, yeah. you know, lasers ended up being, you know, DVD players that we have today. So it, so it, is, a, it is a contract with the government for a certain period of time where you will share your invention and they will protect your right to that. The other thing to know, the government will grant you the right to that technology, but they do not enforce it. So if if you have a patent on a particular widget uh, or something like that, and uh, it's published in the Patent Gazette after you have applied and been granted your patent, uh, and 
and the thing shows up on eBay, you know, two weeks later, the government isn't going to sue on your behalf. Okay, the government only says that yes, they they realize that you have the right to that invention, but enforcement of it is all on you. Uh, okay, so this brings up, and in, in I, I think this is a real story. I don't think this is fake news, but the fidget spinner, the craze around the fidget spinner, the original inventor, I heard was just a, a mom who came up with this and let the patent license, because you said it's, it's only a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. didn't renew it, and then somebody came forward and took her idea, quote unquote, and now... That person's, uh, you know, had has made so much money, whereas mom, who had the original idea, didn't make anything because she let it expire. How many times does that happen? Well, it it, it happens a lot. First of all, if you're not quick enough to claim your rights by getting a patent, you you can you can lose it. Example here: the the fidget spinner. She, you know, uh, if you if you come up with an invention, uh, any invention like that, and you offer it for sale. Once you do that, you are you are barred from obtaining a patent. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's a statutory bar to patentability if you offer it for sale to the public. And mm. of course the reason being is that it's no longer a secret, so why should the government, you know, oh. enter a deal with you? Okay. Right? So uh that could be the case. Uh How expensive is it to get a patent? Uh well, it's it's probably more than people think. Probably if if you go with you know, a local law firm or, uh, you know, a, a patent agent, something like that, to to finalize your rights after all the paperwork, it's probably around $10,000. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I now, don't think a lot of us realize that. No. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and really, it's, it's difficult not to do it without professional help because the language of, of patent law and... Uh, you know, patent claims and things like that. It's, it's almost a language unto itself. And some, mm. and some of the, some of the, and it, it's strange, but if you, you know, if you read patent law, some of the wording used in, in the patent acts are actually in the same words written by Thomas Jefferson. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, All it right. goes back a long okay. ways. But that being said, there are things that inventors can do on their own to establish patent rights that uh, that could be of value to them. The patent system that we now have is based on a first-to-file system. It used to be first-to-invent. So whoever had the idea first had the rights. And it was a problem in this country because, you know, what, well, what do you really call the day you invent it? You know, mm. what documentation do you have? Mm-hmm. And, and it became a, you know, a real sticking point in, in several cases. Uh, in first-to-file, when you send your application in, there's a date on it. And it's it's pretty clear. If you're letter got to the patent office the day before someone else's letter, you had oh, you had okay. the right. So it is it is now first to file. That came about in the 1990s that they changed from first to invent to first to file. So there is a way of establishing your invention date, your filing date, in a relatively cost-effective way. And the United States government, the patent office, did that by uh, coming up with what they call a provisional patent. So an average person, and you can learn this by going on uh, the patent website, USPTO.gov, but you can file a provisional patent for under $100. Oh, okay. Okay, so it, it, you know, there's a few things you have to do. You have to register with the patent office and get, yeah. a, get a number, but that's free. And, uh, but that's doc- your first step then because you want to, right, okay. Exactly, Sandy, exactly. You, you 
by filing a provisional patent, you establish your date of inventorship. Now, when you do that, let's say there's some idea that's very, very similar to yours, and it's already been filed, and the process is a little bit further along than yours. Do they notify you that? How many people actually start this process and then it goes nowhere? They invested all this money and it really goes nowhere. I think the grant rate right now is probably, um, I'm guessing it's a little, depending on the field of art, uh, it's probably a little over 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that, that doesn't mean that half the patents fail. Uh, because the way the process goes is that uh, if you file a provisional patent, okay, you establish your date. So, you know, Sandy comes up with a better fidget spinner, mm-hmm. and you send your drawing of it into the government and pay your, uh, you know, your, I think it's probably about $80, $90 for a, a, a person to do this. Is that all you, you need is a drawing? Or? Uh, you can you can do a drawing with a brief description. That would be oh, enough. That would okay. be enough to get a filing date. Okay. Yep. Uh, I mean, the more you include, the better. But mm. what that what that provisional patent gets you is is the date, and it gets you one year to oh. file your utility, which is where you really need the help. The utility patent must be filed within one year of that date, and that is one year and zero minutes and seconds. There is no extension. Oh, there that must be the no, fidget spinner lady. She must have got caught up yeah, in that. Okay. Yep, yep. There is there is no leeway on that. It is it is a strict three hundred and sixty five day window that you have to file for your full utility patent. And that's where you really need to have the help, the professional drawings, mm. the, the language of it. But the good news is that for a relatively low amount of money, you've got a year to play with and during that year you can figure out whether this is an idea that you can make money on or not. Because you have rights to it, so you can come up with your monetization plan. Okay, can you manufacture this? You have to hire someone else to manufacture it. You know, can you sell the idea? Because at that point, you can put patent pending on your invention. And if you need to shop it around, that would be the time to do it. Ah. So that's probably you know good enough for most people because it gives them that one year to really decide if they want to make a business out of that. Uh, and if they do and they are able to, to muster up the funding, then they can go to the next step, which is the utility patent. And then, they, you know, that process, as I mentioned, you know, in most cases is, is a, you know, 10 grand, give or take, three or four, you know, depending on the complexity of your invention. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, it's about a two to three year process. Uh, of uh, of having the examine the examination done, and that is the point when your full patent is applied for that you would know if there is any you know what they call prior art, in other words, inventions like yours that ah. have already been applied for. Okay. Uh, because with a patent, you know, it really has to be three. It has to be useful. It has to be uh, unique, and it has to be unanticipated. You know, someone could not have done it before. You have thirteen under your belt. When you hear of other people or your friends or coworkers or whatever say, I got a great idea, because how many times a day do you say that? Right. Yep. What is your initial thought? Is it, I have to encourage this person? Yes, they should definitely go for it. Or is it error on the side of caution? Oh boy, you don't know what you're getting into. Well, you know, I guess it's, you know, first thing is what are, what are your goals? Okay. If you want to 
take that idea of yours and make a business of it, well, you know, then then you're then you've got to go all in on this and spend some money and you know do it right. If it's just something neat and you say, boy, you know, I wish I had a pad, you know, just just for the sake of saying you had a pad. Well, huh. you know, I mean, it's your ego worth ten grand. Ah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's really kind of what it comes down to. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, in any event, if you're un, unsure of it, uh, I mentioned the provisional patent for, you know, under $100 for a, a person who, you know, is doing it for the first time. You know, for that amount of money, it gives you a year to explore options mm-hmm. and say you've got a patent pending. And, you know, you know, it's it's not a bad way to go as a first okay. step if there's something you really want to move forward. All right. So now if you're all thinking of ideas... Go for it. Just do that then. Yep. The website, uspto.gov, you can learn just about everything you need to know and what your options are, and it's a good place to start. Mike Pizak is a licensed U.S. patent agent and has 13 U.S. patents. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Sandy. Great talking to you again. See, now the next time you watch Shark Tank, you're going to know. You're going to know what it takes to get a patent started. If you have a million ideas in your mind, great inventions, hopefully today's podcast helped answer some of your questions. If there are any financial questions that you still do have that you want us to discuss on the show, let me know. Reach out to me, Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. Really appreciate you taking a second to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much for checking us out on Google Play and RochesterBuzz.com. Now I leave you with my dad. My dad always has the best financial advice. Short and simple. Father knows best. My dad's two cents. Have a great weekend. Dominate your finances. It's been reported that about half of Americans would not be able to cover an unexpected expense of just $500. If you're in that camp, get yourself out of that difficult situation by having a portion of your income deposited directly to a savings or investment account. You need to go on a money diet and allow yourself to only spend a certain amount every week and stick to it. 